This is Missioning, Baptist Mission Australia's podcast and a space to explore mission, faith, life, call and everything in between. Welcome. We acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations as the traditional owners of this land on which we record this podcast today. We pay respect to their elders past, present and emerging. Well, welcome to Missioning Podcast. Uh, my name is Jeff Maddock. I'm the state leader for Victorian Tasmania with Baptist Mission Australia. And uh, I'm the host of this series, From Everywhere to Everywhere is what we're calling it. Bit of a strange name, but it's essentially a way to talk about mission moving forward into the 21st century. Everywhere to Everywhere suggests for us that mission, in fact, is not from, I guess, historically, we've talked about from the West to the rest. But actually, uh, people um, with all kinds of backgrounds um, are now part of God's mission. And actually, that's the way it's always been. And so we're taking time in these podcasts to talk about that, to discover that story uh, that's already underway in our organization. And I am excited today because we have our dear friends and colleagues, uh, Simon and Whittier, um, who are going to tell their story to us. And I believe out of that, we're going to understand a little more about what we're calling polycentric mission or mission from everywhere to everywhere. So hello, Simon. Hello, Widya. Hello. Hello. Greetings. It's so good to, to have you. And uh, I'm really excited about what I can learn from you. I'm very, very um, glad that we get this opportunity because I have not had as much time as I would have liked to get to know you. So this is an excellent opportunity for me personally. And I know for our listeners as well. Can you tell me a little bit about yourselves, um, who you are and how you fit into the Baptist Mission Australia community. Okay. Um, hi again, Jeff, and hi everyone. I'm Widya. Simon and I were born and raised in Southeast Asia. I was born into a Christian family. My parents are from Christian people groups. Before joining Baptist Mission Australia, I work as a nurse educator at a nursing school in Southeast Asia. I went to Adelaide in 2010 to continue my study because I got a scholarship from the Australian government to study nursing. Oh, wow. So that's when I met Simon. Yeah. I'm, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I met him um, when we were studying and it was um, in a small church with Southeast Asian congregation. Both of us were international students. So, you know, as students, we love free stuff. Right. <laughs> this specific small church um, provided free lunch for students after the service. So there were many Southeast Asian students attended the church because after the service, we can have free lunch. But as an exchange, all the students were rostered to do the dishes. And um, on one Sunday, Simon and I were rostered to wash dishes together. So one thing led to another. We got married in 2014. Mm. Wow, that's a great story. <laughs> started with doing dishes together, and, I, and I'm guessing you still do dishes together. Uh, uh, not, not that much, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, very romantic. Uh, well, yeah, I'm still grateful. For, for that little kitchen. So it's, it's actually my turn now. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm Simon. Uh, as Vidya said before, I was also born and raised in Southeast Asia. Uh, I'm also raised in a, a Christian family. My parents are from uh, Christian people groups. So when I met Vidya in Adelaide, I was studying, uh, studying for my master's degree as well. Uh, my background is in uh, business and management. And in terms of how we fit into the Baptist Mission Australia community, we have been involved with the ministry in Southeast Asia 
since 2018. However, although we are from Southeast Asia and have worked together with the team in Southeast Asia, we are still candidates to serve in Southeast Asia. Mm -hmm. We know it is a bit confusing, but here we are actually sharing this with you now, Jeff. Mm. Yeah, that's that's really helpful. What a wonderful story. So from Southeast Asia to Adelaide to back to Southeast Asia, connected with our team, but but not necessarily working as intercultural workers, yep. but but moving in that direction now. Yes. After uh, yeah, after connecting, that's so wonderful. Wow. And how long just um, how long were you in Adelaide? together was that a couple of years or probably eight years wasn't it yeah, yeah around eight to nine years wow wow do you miss do you miss adelaide oh, or yeah, yeah we still considered ourselves as adelaideans yeah, yeah. uh beautiful <laughs> it's a good place it's a wonderful city yeah. um tell me uh, just something as we start out that's given you life recently that you've that's really uh given you a sense of joy or delight yeah it is actually something that is uh, happening in southeast asia so so every week we have a devotion with the local staff in Southeast Asia, where we learn about God and the kingdom's values. And those are divided into several themes. So all senior staff uh, lead a small group, and that includes Vidya and me, and those from Baptist Mission Australia, including Dave and Cass and Max and Ezzy. Um, so in each small group, we have staff from all religious backgrounds, uh, but they are mostly coming from the majority background. So this year we have been focusing uh, on transformation and this week we started a new theme which was the transformation of relationships and recently i've been encouraged by these weekly devotion meetings and uh, preparing the resources and seeing how our staff have developed in their understanding of god and the kingdom's values have given life actually to me recently oh that's wonderful thank you so much simon how about you with you yeah i think it's the same for me um the devotion time it's it's one of the i think i cherish those moments although it's online now for us um because during the devotion time especially with the staff from hindu context yeah it has been very encouraging for me because i get to hear their thoughts and also their stories about god Hmm. and how they receive god's grace and how they long to receive it so it's it's very encouraging for me and um, mm, what about that's lovely yeah. what about me oh yeah while we're sharing um you know i think for me i, I have a chance in my role uh with our organization to visit with pastors um who are you know lots of different uh, baptist churches throughout tasmania and victoria but lately i've really focused on meeting with um uh, kind of non-english speaking background pastors and leaders and um that's just so inspiring for me um incredible people who have endured so much difficulty for the most part, quite a number of them uh, as refugees in kind of a first country of asylum where they've found a, a safe place to be, but then they've eventually ended up in Australia. And um, hearing those stories and many of these uh, struggles continue mm. is just a picture of faithfulness that really gives me life and perspective um, and, and it really inspires me. So mm. yeah, that's what's given me life uh, recently. So you two clearly have a unique story of joining uh, the Baptist Mission Australia team. Can you share with us some of the milestones in your journey to getting where you are today as we speak with you? Yeah, actually, Simon and I, we have different journeys to get where we are today, especially at the beginning of the journey. Um, hmm. I'll go yeah. first. 
Um, my first encounter with the team in Southeast Asia was when I was still working in in the nursing nursing school that I mentioned before. Mm. So in 2012, um, the school appointed me to manage an English class program for the nurses and also the students. Um, because of that, we established a partnership with the Education Foundation where Dave and Cass, Andy and Wenda, and also Mark and Fell, um, they were there working as English teachers. Um, mm. Yeah, I didn't know that they were that they are missionaries. For me, they they were just strong followers of Christ, who were very committed in praying and also showing their love to God and also to the people. So whenever we work together, they always start everything in prayers. Mm. They always try to encourage all the students and also ask the the nurses how are they doing you know what what are the things that they're facing at the moment and how can they support in prayer so i was very inspired because of that yeah and um so i get to work closely with them and eventually i support the education foundation in creating the program for the caregiver training and after i resigned from the nursing school because um we were married in 2014 and moved to adelaide in 2015 I still supported the foundation remotely. So, oh wow! Yeah, online meetings and yeah. emails and stuff. But every time um, Simon and I have the chance to go to Southeast Asia um, to visit our family, I always visited the foundation, um, mm. catch up with the teams, and also to support the local staff there. So yeah, when we return to the country. In 2018, I was very excited because I can be involved full time um, at the Education Foundation as a a local staff there. That's wonderful. And you had those relationships all along, even when you weren't living in Southeast Asia, you still had those uh, connections via, um, I guess, Zoom and online community. How about about you, Simon? So my my first exposure to uh, Baptist Mission Australia began when we returned home actually in 2018. I didn't know anything about, about that before. Mm-hmm. So at that time, uh, we decided to return home to Southeast Asia, mainly to support my parents, uh, who were entering the retirement stage in their lives. So they had a small business, uh, but it was not running well at that time. So my plan was to help them to get the business up and running mm-hmm. so it could support their lives. And at that same time, I also had a chance to sort of like pursue my dreams. I had an opportunity uh, and offer to work with the uh, United Nations. So that had been my, my dream all along. So everything was, you know, working according to plan before I met Dave, the mm-hmm. team leader of Baptist Mission Australia, yeah. Southeast Asia. <laughs> so as Vidya said before, she joined the Education Foundation as soon as we returned. And that's actually where and when I first met Dave and, and Cass. So in the, in the first meeting, Dave took us for lunch and he began to explain the vision of the ministry in Southeast Asia. If you know how Dave is, he's a man with you know big visions and very compelling. The more hmm. I met him, the more I was drawn to the vision that he shared. He then asked me to help with the ministry platforms in my spare time. So I first started helping out with the cafe ministry and subsequently the education foundation. So I did that while still focusing my, my eyes on the UN jobs ahead so that that was working well until january 2019 when andrew palmer then state director of new south wales visited southeast asia with a group of students so he and dave they invited me for a meeting we sat together 
and they yeah. began talking to me about everything, literally everything about the work in Southeast Asia and the plan they had. Yeah. You know, I should have known it was a trap. <laughs> you, you, yeah. it, it almost impossible to get away from these two people, you know, especially when they sit together and say that they are going to pray for you. Yeah. You know, they, they like want to punch. You know, my my alarm went off at that time. You know, evacuate now, evacuate now. But I couldn't get yeah. anywhere. But Um, you know, great. jokes aside, up until this point, I still think that that meeting was probably the most important meeting that I've ever had in my life. Mm. That was a life mm. moment for me. So they they managed to talk some sense in me in how I align my dream with God's dream. So I'm I'm really grateful for that meeting. And as far as I'm aware, at that stage, Widya was already keen to join Baptist Mission Australia. And I heard that's usually the case that the wife heard the calling first. <laughs> yes. And a- Yeah, the husband is normally the the hold up. Yes. So okay, that's so that's true. So I'm normal. That's okay, so <laughs> it, it took us how long was it? Uh, I think around nine months, Jeff, to to descend. Uh, yes. So I finally had the courage and 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 faith to basically trade my dream to to God's dream and trust our future in His hands in September 2019. So we we finally joined Baptist Mission Australia as candidates at that time, uh, but continue to work together with the team up until uh, this stage oh wow that's uh, good stories to hear and i can just imagine that uh that that time you were you were trapped with those <laughs> two gentlemen and uh yeah co- coerced but i'm sure by god's grace too that's that's such a lovely story both of you thank you so much um and so you kind of answered uh why baptist mission australia you two are incredibly accomplished people you have uh, training and capacity and gifting and skills um Do you have a, a, a story or a specific example of, of why Baptist Mission Australia? It sounds like it was relational. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess um, for us joining Baptist Mission Australia, um, it's because of we saw how the team um, worked there and how they um, they demonstrate how the the word and also the deed works together. Yeah, Simon and I, um, we have always had the heart to reach people to Jesus, even before meeting the team in Southeast Asia. And we were always involved in church ministries before coming to Australia. And even when we were living in Adelaide, we were actively um, yeah, involved in church planting there. Uh, but wow. yeah, because of that, we realized that the only way we know how to bring people to Jesus was to get them to the church. Um, bring into the church uh, in a traditional way and mm. if we're doing mission in southeast asia that's that's not the way we do it it's it's more i think you can say it's impossible to do it because mm. the context in southeast asia is just different for the majority yeah. people in southeast asia the church is a symbol of western culture western lifestyle western values so um yeah We can also kind of like, <laughs> I don't want to say it, but blame the Hollywood movies because they're the ones that yeah. think mm. um, church as symbols of Western life. And yes. yeah, the, the people there in Southeast Asia think that going to the church means embracing the Western lifestyle or living their their um, their culture, their community, where they belong. So it's very hard to use the same mindset, to, to have that same mindset when we are thinking of how can we um, bring people to Jesus. Mm-hmm. When we became involved with the work of the team in Southeast Asia, we realized that the approach that they use is very effective. It's very different, 
um, compared to the local Christians um, share the gospel. And, but we saw it's very effective and it's just very natural that they do, um, you know, because it, start, it started by um, creating or building authentic relationship. We can feel mm-hmm. how their sincere heart, their um, commitment in investing their time, their even their energy, um, you know, to have this genuine relationship with the local people, so that they can earn the trust, they can, um, you know, they can be given an opportunity to share who is uh, who is Jesus in their lives. Yeah, that's beautifully well well said, well said. So there's two strong uh, dimensions or two strong ways you were drawn to Baptist Mission Australia. One is that it's deeply relational, that it meets people where they are. Mm-hmm. And then connected with that is uh, contextual contextualization, that context is really important. Um, and I, I think you mentioned, you know, this is part of the, the, um, the theme of these podcasts around uh, polycentric, we're calling it, or polyvocal, many voices, many centers. There is an idea, and it's probably not just Hollywood's fault. There's probably some <laughs> some theological teaching over a good amount of time too. That one can easily believe that Christianity is a Western religion, mm-hmm. and uh, that's just simply not true. You know, it's first and foremost it's Middle Eastern. Um, if we talk about the person of G- Jesus, but um, we also know that the gospel and gospel communities have emerged in every different culture mm. in so many different places and not always going through the doorway of Western Europe, yeah. which is kind of the the history many of us in Western Europe uh, and countries that emerge out of Western Europe have been told. Mm. So that's a really helpful point you make and I think it speaks to just the story that you share in your lives, just by the very fact of your story um, undermines that uh, Euro- Eurocentric um, history of Christianity. Mm. As you look to returning to your home country of Southeast Asia to serve with the team, how do you see your experience of mission and contextualization, which you've shared, being different to your Aussie-born teammates? It must be a little bit different. So I guess, I guess in, in a sense, the experience of mission when we return will be easier and harder for us at the same time mm-hmm. compared to mm-hmm. our uh, Aussie-born teammates. So it will be easier, particularly in terms of the technical side of it. You know, firstly, we do not need visas when we return to Southeast Asia. Yes. You know, visas are one of the biggest hurdles for intercultural workers. And yeah, you need to have that sorted out before you can do any work, any contextual work, whatever mission work in that country. And, and secondly, as locals, we understand the national language and culture in general. Mm. And as a result, we don't need an immediate identity when we arrive in the country. We can mm. easily blend with the local people. But... In saying that, similar to the rest of the team members from uh, Aussies, to be able to share the gospel in the long run, we still need an identity that makes sense to the local people. Mm. But this is probably when things become harder for us compared to our teammates. In our case, the identity that we embrace should also make sense to our extended families and local friends. Mm. You know, our, our core family know what we do and they are really supportive and we are grateful for that. But our extended families and friends, they come from various backgrounds, many of them from the majority religion too. So in this collective society, people close to us will always try to find out what we do mm-hmm. and whether or not it makes sense as they connect it with our academic qualifications and mm-hmm. professional experience. You know, if, if the pieces right. do not fit together, 
they will start asking questions that could jeopardize not only our identities and our interaction with that, our teammates, but also the security of our family members because hmm. they live on the island where our ministry is located. So another thing, Jeff, that, that may become harder for us compared to our teammates is that as locals, Widya and I, we must respect the social boundaries on how we interact with people from other religions, yeah. especially the majority religion. Hmm. And as Christians, we are considered as a minority. And because of that, we have to behave in a certain way so that we do not cross those boundaries. So crossing line uh, would bring persecution, not only to us, to a particular Christian or church in crossing the lines, but to the Christians in general in the country. And once again, uh, Widya and I, we, we are accustomed to this because we grew up in the country. Right. For foreigners, especially Caucasians, these boundaries are still applied to them, but in a way, those are loosely enforced. So I always say that that foreigners carry this benefit of the doubt advantage in Southeast Asia. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, the locals assume that the foreigners don't know any better about the social yeah. boundaries and that all Caucasians supposed to be Christians. Yeah. So if if they express their faith in public, such as praying with other people, with other faiths, they could get away with it, you know, to a certain degree. Right. Whether when, if Vidya and I do it in public, people would say that we, we cross the line. So you can see yes. here uh, like two dimensions. Yeah, even though Vidya and I will find it easier to navigate the language and culture when we return, some areas and activities are more challenging for us as locals because the expectation of other local people to us, mm. it becomes the yes. same. Whereas our teammates would find it easier, Jeff, to, to interact. So this is actually the part where we we love to be a part of, you know, Baptist Mission mm. in Indonesia because this is where we work together. Mm. We we actively trying to find things that Vidya and I are more effective as locals, mm. and but we are also trying to find things where the, the Aussies or or other other people from Baptist Mission in Australia are actually more effective. So this is what we like. This is how it looks like. I would say, Jeff, uh, mm. for us when we return. The way we yeah. propel each other. Yeah, we propel each other. Yeah, That's a great image, propel each other and you, you work as a team and, and you see where your strengths and gifting can be on the front foot and then you can step back and vice versa. Yeah. That's yeah. that's a really helpful description. I hadn't even thought about that. And how interesting that, that in a, as part of a team, different members will have different rules applied to them yeah. by the host culture. Yes. And you need to be aware of those things and not jeopardize one another's. Yeah. security and one another's effectiveness yeah. and and i'm always curious too that's really helpful for me and and i'm sure for our listeners to understand a bit more about um southeast asian culture and and how religion is is viewed there especially as it relates to people of different ethnicity mm-hmm. um you have uh fresh eyes because you came to australia and engaged with the australian church um you lived here for a number of years over the past decade do you have any observations about the church and mission or, or believers here in Australia? I'm always curious about hearing mm. from uh, people with, with another view. Mm. Well, I don't think we can say much about the faith communities in Australia because we've been, although we've been here for a while, but we've also been back or outside of, of Australia. And when we were living in Australia, we were living in Adelaide. We were living in a bubble of our own people because we we were involved in um, Southeast Asian church. We have Southeast Asian friends. We, you know, Southeast Asian, we just um, stay together. But yeah, um, 
we've been here for 18 months and we've been slowly introduced to um, the faith communities in Australia for the last 18 months. Um, hmm. I guess from our short observation, um, one thing for sure is that most of the local churches in Southeast Asia worship in a very similar way to how the church in Australia worship each Sunday. And the message is also similar. And hmm. yeah, I think it's because most of the church leaders in Southeast Asia mainly use resources from Western scholars or theologians, just like what you said, Jeff. Um, yeah, hmm. it's it's just very similar. Probably one, one of the differences that we can see or feel is um, the level of hospitality in the church. Uh, um, not only in a church on Sundays, but uh, in church life, I think, in general. Um, Would you say it's less or more hospitable in Australia? I guess it's just different. Okay. I, I can't. Okay. <laughs> you're, being, you're being very polite, <laughs> maybe. It's just different expectation, I think. Um, yeah. Yes. Mainly because of the difference in culture. Hmm. Southeast Asia very collective, whereas um, I guess Australia, we can say that is a very individualistic culture. But hmm. yeah, I think it's just there's we can't say which one is better, but it's just different. Hmm. Yeah, and that's really interesting. Yeah, even in terms of mission, um, I can see the difference is um, maybe because the church in Southeast Asia, yeah, we've been recipients of uh, international agencies for many, many years. So we're not really actively thinking of how we can do missions outside the church building. Mostly um, churches in Southeast Asia would think of mission as planting another churches in other location. You could nice. say it's like just, um, you know, setting up new branch, something like that. Yes, if if I can add another thing, Jeff, is, uh, is how you, Sorry to use this, how you label a nominal Christian. It is hmm. we we found that from our limited experience, it's a bit different. You know, in in yeah. in in Australia, if you say a person is a nominal Christian, he or she is someone who profess that he or she is a Christian, but do not go to church every Sunday and hmm. do not actually uh, meet with fellow believers uh, often. And that that becomes the sort of like a nominal Christian label for for all this. But in in Southeast Asia. Uh, the nominal Christian term is actually stretched beyond that. It stretched to those who actually come to the church every Sunday, but don't really understand about Bible and don't really mm. about the, the Christian faith. Because many people in Southeast Asia, the Christians, they are ritualistic. I think if that's yep. what, yep, ritual. yep. So they actually go to the church just to, to get blessing uh, from, from God or to avoid curse. So they actually yeah. don't really know what they are doing over there. And we found it is a bit different uh, because um, when we went around churches here in, in Australia, when we met with people who actually attend the church every Sunday, they actually know about Bible. They actually know mm -hmm. about the awesome. God who they actually follow. So I don't think they can be considered as, as nominal Christian. So I think that's, uh, yeah, that's sort of a thing that, that yeah, we found interesting here. Yeah, that's, that is really interesting. And even to hear you talk about those um, that uh, fine grain or those subtle differences in people's understanding of, of what it means to follow Jesus mm -hmm. um, and then how that lines up with church attendance or, or ritualistic behavior. Mm -hmm. And in a, in, a, in a society like um, in a culture like Southeast Asia, you can imagine that attending and being part of a group 
is far more important identifying um, you know a community to belong to whereas in Australia um, it's very much a voluntary thing in fact I think in the Australian census materials if if you go to uh, attend a church service once every three or four uh, weeks you're considered a regular attendee yeah. just once every three or four weeks so it's it's not a high measure of ritualistic behavior yeah okay yeah 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 um thank you so much guys that's such rich reflection um and and you know in this podcast series we're exploring this uh can be complex idea of polycentric mm-hmm. and polyvocal mission um and you know these these ideas are about decentering Christian faith from a Western or an American or, or Western European or Aussie perspective mm-hmm. and uh, relocating the voice that we're hearing about the faith, uh, perhaps in marginal voices. So that's the polyvocal mission, um, voices that are on the edges of our conversations and perhaps don't necessarily get the chance to share as often. Um, how have you seen this at work in Southeast Asia or Australia? Um, as you've reflected on this idea of polycentric and polyvocal. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, we will try our best to answer this because, uh, tell you the truth, those are two big words for us, Jeff. And yes. <laughs> we asked our team members about this as well. Do you know something about polycentric, polyvocal? They were like, what? <laughs> what I know? <laughs> oh, man, even you guys, you all you don't understand it. <laughs> I mean, us, you know, <laughs> okay. So we 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 yeah now we're still trying to put our heads in it. So I guess uh, I guess we can only look back to our limited experience in mission uh, to answer. This. So we we sure. apologize in advance if it doesn't hit the target that you actually aim for, Jeff. And that's so okay. You, no, you've oh, done great so far. You you go for it. Okay. So in our limited experience, uh, amongst other challenges, uh, the main challenge in living out this polycentric and polyfocal uh, concept in mission for us was cultural understanding. Uh, for example, although we will have a cultural advantage later when we return to our home country, here in Australia, uh, Widya and I need to adapt to the Australian culture and language as we engage with fellow believers. So as polycentric intercultural workers, you know, if we can use that term, yeah, we become aware that our mission doesn't start in the place where we are going, but already begins here in our host world which means that we also need to grow in our understanding of this world too. So it's not just the understanding of the host country that we are going or the home country as well. So I think it's a both worlds understanding that we need in this case. So for in our case, we need to have a good understanding of culture and enough command of English so we can do our part in sharing our stories and hopefully inspire our fellow believers in Australia with what God has done in, and, and doing in Southeast Asia. So I guess I guess that's probably one of the differences from the from the West to the rest model, where there is seemingly a dichotomy between where the mission begins, which often mm-hmm. means on the other side of the world, uh, and where the mission is on pause, which often means the home country. I guess the challenge of for the polycentric mission is that as it is from everywhere to everywhere, the mission also begins and continues wherever we are, whether mm-hmm. in the host countries or in our home countries. Also, we, we actually see that having, having a multicultural mission team mm. is probably inevitable in the polycentric mission. So in that, we've, we've also seen that our team also felt the challenge of understanding culture. So as you know, in the Baptist Mission Australia team in Southeast Asia, we have people from many parts of the world, not just from mm. Australia or Southeast Asia. We've seen that 
being a multicultural team has lots of advantage as long as we know how to harness its power. Because if we cannot harness it, the differences in culture that we have in the team will become a weakness rather than a strength. So in our case, one of the strengths of being a multicultural mission team is that we are always on our toes in our understanding the culture of our country. As a result, there is this atmosphere of learning every time we meet and we will never be in our comfort zone. And for we and I, we believe it is a good thing because we need to keep developing our understanding of the world that we work in, even as locals, because the world you know, keeps changing and it is changing scarily fast. And another strength that we've seen in a multicultural mission team is that we bring different perspectives when discussing things or solving problems. Of course, any decision will come slower as we need to weigh in on uh, the other team members' opinions on things. But yeah. when it is done right, we've seen that we would have a decision with a more complete dimension. So all the slower, all these things have enabled us as a team to actually work further, uh, work further, further together. Now, we've seen that to harness the power of a multicultural team, Vidya and I believe it is vital to have cultural intelligence and humility to navigate mm -hmm. cultural boundaries. And if we must choose, humility is probably the most important, important virtue in this. And Philippians 2, verse 3 to 4 probably say best in this situation, as it says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of the others. Mm. We believe this mentality should be lifted up by all team members, whether they are from the host culture, home culture, or third culture. A humble team and a humble leader, I think, we think are keys to this. So we can say this because we've seen that it has worked quite well in Southeast Asia. Not perfect, but it's you know it's working quite well. So we are, yeah. we are really grateful that we are blessed with a great and humble team and a humble team leader who keeps reminding us to be humble. So that's, mm. that's one thing that we actually see from the polycentric side. Now, in relation to the polyfocal nature, do you want, do you want me to carry on? Yeah, yeah okay. you're on fire. Keep okay. going. <laughs> in relation to the polyfocal nature of the polycentric mission, I think humility is also the key to harnessing the power of God's stories that come into people's lives all over the world. So we have seen that although the message that we proclaim, you know, both in Southeast Asia and in Australia, was the same gospel message, how people would describe their experience as they engage and heard the message would be different. We found that their own expressions and understandings of life and the afterlife often become their basis for responding to the gospel message. In Southeast Asia, for example, there are different people groups that we work with. There are Muslim majority people groups, a Hindu majority people group, and among them, we also have the local Christians. So each of these groups will have their own understanding of God, grace, sin, salvation, you know, hope, repentance, and any other things that will influence how they process the gospel message. Hmm. The question for us is then, when these people share their unique experiences of understanding God, which are different to us, are we ready to listen to their stories and even hmm. listen to them? Also, as they become the followers of Jesus, are we ready to accept their journeys of becoming followers of Jesus when it was different to the journey that's familiar to us? especially mm -hmm. as we grew up as Christians with Christian traditions in our home country. 
some people would have questioned whether or not these people you know were legitimate christians mm-hmm. because they did yeah. not look or had a similar story compared to the traditional christians i guess this is a challenge that will come from the polycentric mission approach because mm-hmm. there will be unique stories of how god is at work that come from people everywhere in the world we then i think that these stories are actually powerful stories because out there in southeast asia and also in australia there are people who will resonate with these unique stories without us even realizing and i think having the humility to admit that we don't know everything about god we don't have answers to everything and we don't know how he is actually at work in people's lives is actually the start to harnessing the power of the polyfocal nature in this polycentric mission so i think humility is also the key in this as well jeff i hope it makes yeah. sense that it's too long oh that that makes so much sense that's a absolutely beautiful reflection and and you've said better um what i would hope this this podcast and this series would say and and for you to say so clearly and with such uh, wisdom and experience that humility is at the very center of that and a posture of humility um, is is such uh, an insightful reflection um, and and even uh, you know some scholars talk about the polyvocal and polycentric um, approach as being one where we decenter ourselves mm. and we take on the perspective of the outsider or the other with different beliefs and values and behaviors and you've described that beautifully in your own story um, uh, and and isn't it beautiful too? As you spoke, I thought about that uh, Revelation passage where it says that all tribes, tongues, and languages will gather around the throne, yes. and that, that isn't that a beautiful affirmation of culture and language that it was that it endures uh, into whatever God has for us beyond the life that we know, yeah. and um, and that each of those perspectives around the throne are valuable, mm. yeah. and I simply cannot know the fullness of God's self-revelation if I'm not connecting with someone on the other side of the throne who sees something different to me. Yeah. Um, we really rely on one another. Yeah. Wow, you guys are amazing. Why aren't you doing this podcast series? <laughs> that's, that's so just, good. My hand's still shaking. <laughs> oh, man. I feel, I feel just, yeah. I want, it's called. I want to sign up to the team, the uh, Southeast Asia team. Just sign me up. I, I want to join. <laughs> please, Where do I please, sign? Please. <laughs> People, 50 million people in South Asia, so we need you. Yeah, we need you. Yeah, I'll, I'll text Dave now then. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'm gonna get amped. Uh, yeah. I'm coming. I'm, I am coming over to visit hopefully early next year with oh, state leaders. So yeah, that'll be the chance yeah. for the ambush. Um, yeah. <laughs> I want to ask you, as we've asked our guests in this series, what what is the future of mission as far as you see it? Do you have any wisdom or forward thinking, a uh, futuristic uh, prediction that you can give us? <laughs> well, um, yeah, we're hoping that in the future we will see more multicultural teams with an integral mission approach where word and deed work side by side. And mm-hmm. um, Hopefully, we all we will also see more disciples of Christ rather than just converts, and those disciples will become a vibrant faith community and not just become members of an institutional church. And so, from them, we can hear unique stories about people coming to faith and living out the faith. And I guess from 
from my side, I can, I can see that we will have a growing number of ministry platforms, you know, such as uh, Businesses Mission, as an identity to share the gospel, even in the Christian majority world. And hopefully, uh, we will see more and more people investing and committing their life to build authentic relationships that will become the foundation of gospel sharing. Yeah, that's beautiful. What a beautiful vision of integral mission and, and, and really transformative relationships and people coming to relationship with Jesus, but also with the world around them mm. that is transformative and, and world-changing. Mm. That's um, that's wonderful. Well, I'll, I'll sign on to that vision too. Mm. What a beautiful future to imagine and to work yeah. toward together. Um, this has been such a gift to me. Thank you so much to both of you for your time. It, it's, a, it's a real gift and, and these, this conversation is going to linger with me and I'm grateful for the wisdom that you've, you've brought. Um, we're going to continue this conversation with more guests next week and, and we know that this is a big topic and you've identified some of the complexities of this topic um, in this conversation. Um, and as you're listening, um, our, our dear listeners, if you're coming across things that are inspiring to you or you have questions about um, or you'd just like to chat through, please don't hesitate to contact us at Baptist Mission Australia. Any of our staff would love to chat um, more with you about this. We really do see this as the, as the future um, of, of a mission movement. And as Whittier said, um, more and more multicultural teams more people um, with different and diverse backgrounds working together in uh, their various strengths uh, to usher in and to welcome in God's kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven. Um, so thank you listeners for joining us. Thank you Simon and Whittier. You two are wonderful. Um, every blessing for your next steps as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm going to um, just close out with a little prayer, if that's okay. Yes, thanks, you. Let's pray. Let's pray together. Creator God, we thank you uh, for these two, for their story, for their wonderful uh, relationship, the way you've brought them together for each other and for people around them, their families, but also for your kingdom's cause. Um, we thank you for the way you've called them into this ministry and into these relationships in Southeast Asia. And we just... Um, hold them up to you and trust that you will continue to grow them in grace and truth that they um, would be examples for us of, of humble service and mission um, we thank you that we know that they're really treasured by their teammates in southeast asia and we pray for that whole team that you would continue to help them work through these uh, complex but beautiful challenges um, in their mission work so we give you thanks for um our listeners and for this conversation which goes well beyond this podcast and we pray that you would continue to grow us um, grow us up and to be the mission agency and the people of mission that you want us to be in the months and years ahead in jesus name we pray amen, amen. thank you Jeff.